Dun, 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 dun. I'm getting my chair dance on. Get my chair dance on. You getting a chair dance on, Scott? <clears throat> I'm gonna do the wave. I'm gonna bring a little. Ooh, he's doing a little snapping and popping. Oh, yeah. Is that what that shit's still called? Popping and popping locking. Popping locking. Yeah. Well, I used to have a pup and taco. I don't know if you remember those. Did they ever have pup and tacos back on the East Coast? No, that's a that's a California thing. They don't even have them in Texas. It's uh, there's different there's diff, different there's Tex Mex there's Southern Cali there's completely horrible fake mix up in New England. I don't even know what it is. Like call it Chichis. And if you know what Chichis <laughs> really means, I swear to God, dude. I know Chichis means something different <laughs> from my Mexican. No, you're right. <laughs> the place the place we used to go was called Chichis. And I remember when I moved to Mexico, like I like we studied grad school in Mexico. They're like, did you ever eat Mexican food there? I'm like, yeah, Chichis, and they would start laughing. I'm like. What? And then they explain. I'm like, wait a second. I'm eating in a place. So the only Mexican food in New England was the mockery of a term. Just think of what chichis would mean if you're listening. And it's exactly what you think. <laughs> chichis. Chichis. That so. sounds like that sounds like the time I was in Australia. I was at business. I was in Australia for business. And we were there for two weeks and we had literally gone through different types of food. And I'm like, you know what I'm craving? I'm, I, I'm craving Mexican food. So we go to the people that in the office that we we're working with. And we're like, where's a really good place to get Mexican food? And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to go blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so we go blah, 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 blah. And we see this place. We're like, oh, cool. This looks like a little hole in the wall, you know, kind of, kind of authentic in a way for being Australia. And uh, we go in there. We sit down like, oh, man, I can't wait to have some, you know, some good food. And they bring us the, uh, the chips and salsa. The chips and salsa was literally the equivalent. The equation of chopping up uh, onions and mixing it with ketchup and maybe some relish. I don't know. It was something ungodly. And I was like, what? And I taste it. I'm like, you know, let's just be careful. And I taste it. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. And the food came and it was just like, oh, my God. And we went to we went to the uh, we went to the office the next day and they were all excited. They're all excited because there really isn't any Mexican food. There wasn't back in 1999. Um, and they were all excited to see what we thought about. It. And I was just like um that that you you weren't you guys weren't pulling something over on us right you just want to make sure because we were all gagging on each other they're not like no 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 really what did you think of it that's like one of the best places in us in uh in sydney and i was like you need to come to southern california man because that stuff anywhere I, I was like i was like uh 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 that was like eating uh american lasagna hot dog food in different form i don't know it was something weird but it was all good yeah. so that's my story that's my story about mexican food i don't know how i got on that but Hey, cheers. It's it's Friday night and I'm on day four of 75 hard. So I've been playing three and a half hours of basketball a day. So I'm getting that in. I'm still having a glass of wine on Fridays. So my 75 hard is a little different, but I will say this. I had a pee all last night and I've worked out so hard the last three or four days that I'm laying in bed and I literally started to move to get up, realized I couldn't get up. I was like, I would rather just lay here and just be miserable all night knowing i have to pee not sleeping then getting up it hurt that bad and i loved it i love working my butt off like just working out so hard i can barely walk it's nice. the, 18, the 18 year old basketball players are a lot faster stronger and can jump way higher than 50 50 year old basketball players it's a fact you just got to deal with it it's just reality and it's i'm okay with that but i'm sure you it's kept reality. up and i'm sure you, i'm sure you schooled them a little bit I do keep up. That's the problem. I keep up and then later on I can't walk. I actually do keep up. You just the second I'm done, there's nothing left. I leave it all on the court. Like all on the court. There's nothing left. I can't even walk home. I have to sleep there. I just I just fall out <laughs> on the bench and I wake up the next day and start playing again. It's great. Wow. So you don't have any limiting beliefs about playing basketball for with an 18-year-old then, right? I don't have limiting beliefs about much. I always think that I can do way more than maybe is even possible with my current human form. So um, I'm trying to break those barriers that the limits that I've created, maybe, 
maybe my human form can even be adjusted and I can become truly bionic and be better than the 18 year olds. I'm still working with that. Never mind, maybe it's happening. I'm getting yes. better. 2028. 2028. Buy buy uh buy stock right. in bionics.com. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Everybody go do it. Go do it. Let's do it. Go do it. <laughs> So Scott, so, we have the pleasure tonight of having an amazing guest that we have actually been had the privilege of being on his show before. Absolutely. Great, great dialogue and conversation. Would you do the honors to introduce Mr. Tom? I will. And so one of the things that um, there's a few things that I feel like we should teach our youth. And a lot of it is how to manage yourself emotionally. Um, a lot of it is remove those limiting beliefs. And there's another component that's huge that I see is happening a lot now in schools and it's taken way too long, but just understanding finances, general finances. Our next guest is a financial strategist can really just tell you how to invest your money so that you can live a long, prosperous life without saying I've never earned anything. I've never done it. He's also somebody who super subscribes to the mindset that we talk about being present, not creating those limiting beliefs realizing that you're so much more than you've ever believed. And he takes that financial strategist platform to align that because it's a super critical component to being the best person you can be is understanding how to create value, make money with that. And we do need money to live. So our next guest is an amazing human being. He's got a great show on his own. He's part of the great network we're involved in, Mr. Tom Ginn. Boom. What is up, Tom? Again, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. G-Force. Wow. You know, I was ready to talk about some Mexican food, man. You guys got me going. I want to. <laughs> <that too. laughs> you know, it's, well, before, we, before, we get, before we get going, delivered. before we get going, I just realized something. I think for the first time ever in my broadcasting career, I forgot to introduce the show. What show? <laughs> That was funny. Oh, yeah. I came out, I came out of I came out of the the lead in like doing the dancing and I didn't say, "Hey everybody, welcome to Friday night. It's 5 p.m. It's the unfiltered experience My, with myself, Christopher Roush, and of course Scott Goyette. We're here to bring you unfiltered conversations that are meant to move you to action and be inspiring to share with your friends and family if you so desire." So, there we are. The unfiltered experience, Mr. Tom Ginn. We just we just figured that people just knew where they were right now. But it's, like, it's, it's a thing in my brain. It's just like, I can't believe I missed that. That's crazy. Even when I've been drunk. No, you know why? You know why? It's because, I'm not again, because you, yeah, you're doing the 75 hard. You're so focused. You're so in the moment. You forgot where you were because this moment's all you needed. We didn't need the unfiltered experience. We just need to be connected to the world right here and now. It's so true. It's so true. Are you ready for us, Tom? Are you ready? I Are we ready, ready for you? <laughs> Are we ready for you? Ready. And, uh, you know, Someday, Scott, we'll have to get together and, and uh, play some basketball. You know, when I met my wife and and she was a, a spunky woman basketball player, uh, my first date with her when I met her, I didn't take her flowers. I took her a basketball. Um, so, you know, I won her heart with the basketball. So a little. So uh, but anyway, that's a whole different story. But I'm glad to be here. And uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so. Um, but I'm glad to be here. I'm excited uh, to be here, uh, share my story. Uh, you know, the Gratitude Cup, the course, <laughs> that's the, the program I do. So uh, I believe it's a. It, I believe it's one of the most powerful principles when we really understand it, apply it, not just on a generic or surface, but when we really understand the internal power of of gratitude and how it shifts our perspective, our belief system, gives us hope, and lots of different things. That is probably one of the, the strongest principles I use in my coaching practice, whether it be the financial arena, whether it be a personal development, 
uh, I really help people get get out of uh, the negativity and use gratitude as as, as clearing clearing the the mind and the heart so that they can start accomplishing things they want. So, yeah, that's G is for gratitude. That's my program, G Force. So, so what, are you, so what are you most grateful for right now in your life? I'm, you know. <laughs> I, I have infinite supply of things that can be grateful, but I always start with this moment. This moment is the most important moment in my life. And uh, because how I deal with this moment is going to dictate my future, uh, the outcomes of the future. So I, this moment is, is where I go. I can, I can be grateful for so many things. We have infinite things that we can be grateful for. But this moment for for tonight's uh, conversation. So, so so let's talk about that because people hear that all the time. They hear these Buddhist principles. They hear these: the greatest gift is the present. You can unwrap it now. You know, and it sounds like blah 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 blah. But if you really sit in that space and think about that, right this minute, we're sitting here. We're we're not in pain. We're not suffering. We're not going through you know so many things that so many people are. Of course, you know we've got our our things we're dealing with. But in this moment right now, we're blessed to be here to share some words, to support, encourage, and inspire other people. When we take that moment and then we just bring it into the next moment and the next moment with that foundation of gratitude, let's talk about how do we get people to do that? Because I hear people so many times saying, well, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, I can't do it now, but I'll do it later You know, once I get to this space. How can I do that right this second, right now, even when I'm struggling, because we're all struggling in some way. You know, first thing I, you know, I would say with this is being aware, just a level of awareness, know your struggles and our, our struggles, even in our struggles and, 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 and those type of things, if we really take a look at it, we can, we can see the good. It gives us a different perspective. Too many people focus on the negative all the time. Yeah, we can't by having just a great, great attitude about gratitude doesn't negate or eliminate the circumstance, but it gives you a chance to respond and look at it different. It gives you a, a different perspective. It, you know, it's like looking at this 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 mug right here, right? You know, I I ask you guys, what do you see? You know, and you both are going to tell me what you see, and I'm going to say no. That isn't what's there. I see it this way, right? So gratitude, it, it, it's, it's, there's a science behind it, if you really study it. But the, the thing is, it's, we think we are grateful on the surface. But when we really start studying it and start applying it and doing the things that I teach, and, and some of the things is, is the discipline of a daily routine of writing, uh, not just I'm just grateful for the cup of coffee I have or grateful for my wife, grateful for my business or grateful for that, but why? Why? Go deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, then the, that appreciation, it becomes internal uh, to your to uh, inner being, as I call it. Um, and it, it's, it's like anything, it's like basketball. Uh, you know, you, you got to practice it. You got to practice gratitude. It's got to be something that's that's in the forefront of your mind uh, all the time. 
And so when you have a disappointment, a challenge, <laughs> the guy slam dunked on you, you know, whatever, you, you, you're always in a position to look at things differently from that space. And it's, a, it, it's just a learned process. And once a person really gets into it, things really start shifting. And it's, it in itself is, is probably uh, a, a life's work is really trying to do it. In the book I've been studying, it's probably one of the best books I've ever read about gratitude, gratitude works. I, I can reach for the book here. But the world record for writing gratitude is 18,256, never replicating and never duplicating a gratitude. It's not just I'm grateful for my cup of coffee. When you figure that out, never miss a day, never replicate or duplicated something they were grateful for that's 50 years it's amazing wow so i i would always ask this question do you believe that person that understands gratitude and has that discipline to focus on gratitude do you believe their life is differently or even when they have circumstances are not optimum do you believe that they're going to deal with it differently oh a thousand percent absolutely um, you know, so that's, I, I can't get that world record. I don't have 50 more years to go, you know, but uh, you know, that's something when I, I looked at that, I go, what a discipline. Learning anything is a discipline. To get better at it is a discipline. It takes work. It takes effort, but it's well worth the journey. When you, when it, when it, it it's something that clicks, you go, wow, now I get it. And then it becomes that internal internal process so you know so that's one of the things even in my financial coaching i, I help people be grateful for where they're at yeah because if they if they don't recognize where they're at their mind will go to something place someplace that is that they make up within their own mind that they make that issue bigger than it really is but gratitude brings everything in perspective. So, you know, we can, you, we, we can do hours <laughs> talking about gratitude to issues and deaths and losses and how you use gratitude to shift that emotional um, dynamics that you can deal with those things in a different way. So, but uh, tonight, you know, I, you know, you know, you know, but the introduction is a little bit of my background in those type of things. And um, you know, we can, we can go off anywhere we want, but uh you know, you made a comment about my financial uh, background, okay? And you, you, you mind if I share share a little story with you? Sure, sure. Go ahead. You know, one of the things that we have limiting beliefs, and they're formed many different ways, from the environment as children and those type of things, our culture, um, and then our, through life, we will seek out, we'll, we'll circle ourselves to support those belief systems until we become aware. Um, Boom. <laughs> I will share my story with me. And I, um, I have two learning disabilities. I'm ADHD, mild, <laughs> you know, I got squirrel, you know, you know silver object, uh, focus, those type of things. Uh, and I'm also audio dyslexia. I don't know if you know what that is. I hear it. I can see the numbers or I can see the word in my mind. But the moment I try to put it on paper in that that I sometimes I have to ask 
four or five times. Is that a seven? Did you say seven? Or, you know, so it's that process. And that was a really a frustrating thing as a child. But I'll I'll share with you um, my how how I got out of my limiting beliefs. But it was it's a journey and it's, it's a long span. And I, and I will relate because I'm a financial coach. So we, we, we talk about that and I'll talk about my limiting beliefs. When I was growing up, my parents grew up in the Depression era. OK, so they had a whole different perspective about money, uh, belief system around money, that money is for somebody else, that, that we're, we're here to, to struggle and there was never enough. And the, the, always the conversation around money was lack. And my stepfather, my mother had four children before she was age 21. And uh, my stepfather married my mother. And, you know, things would come up and some of the conversations around money was we can't do it, we don't have money. And I remember one conversation that my father had was having with my mother. And I was, I probably was seven or eight, uh, don't recall exactly, but in that age range, and in that conference, she wanted something that was important to her. And he says, we can't do it. He says, one of the reasons I married you was to make sure your children had a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and food on the table. Now, a young person, that, that, that I thought I was the reason for lack. And I harbored that. And, and my relationship with money uh, was sort of started forming around lack. And... So I started that that's sort of how my foundation about money and, and relationship and I harbored that in, in a deep way. And um, school uh, with my learning disabilities. Uh, my greatest fear in life was going to the blackboards. I'll change your name for the sake of she's no longer with us today. I still love the woman, but you know, I remember because you know, you remember these type of things, you know, uh, Christopher or Scott, come to the blackboard and do a problem, right? Tommy. Oh, <laughs> right? I'm the same way as you. I'm the same way as you. No. Yeah. So I would get up there and she says, you know, solve the problem or diagram a sentence or whatever it was. And I, because my audio dyslexia, I could hear it. I could see the formula. I could see it in my mind. But the moment I tried to write it, it was like, and I would freeze. And this would be an ongoing thing. It was my greatest fear to get up. And then one day she lost it. And I, as a young kid, I was thinking, I'm not as smart as the other kids. You know, they, they weren't, people weren't as aware of learning disabilities, ADHD, and all those things back in the, the, the 50s and 60s. Okay, I'm aging myself here. And one day um, she lost it. And through frustration, this, this whole cycle of me just freezing and, and stopping. And she says, Tommy, are you stupid? She, she said, what? Yeah. What, grade, what grade were you in? Uh, probably fifth grade. Wow. Ooh. You know, and those things happen all the time in life. Even professionals and trained people, we all have things that could trigger us. And this was a frustration thing for her. And, and she just lost it. And she, I, I know in her heart that that was just one of those triggers and wreck. She just lost it. And anybody can do that. Right. But as a young person, that just reaffirmed what I believed about myself. And it was far from the truth. And so those two elements were the underlying limiting beliefs 
around money, around who I was and my capabilities, my intellect, and all those type of things. So when did, that shift, when did that shift for you? I'll, I'll get to that, but I'll finish this part of the story. You know, my, you know, Scott, you're an athlete, right? You played college. Did you, what, what level of college did you play? I'll interview now. What level of college basketball did you play? Division one, two, three, two, or two, one? Two, two and three. I was at two schools. Two and three. My, I love football. I was a nationally recruited uh, high school uh, candidate. Uh, Notre Dame, Stanford, Cal, you name it. I was that it, as a sophomore in high school getting offers. Um, and that was my passion. I saw that in my out to, you know, my parents didn't have money to go to college. I, I didn't believe I was smart enough for academia to go to school on a, on my intellect. And so I was going to use, I wanted to be a football coach. Then I got injured. I injured my neck and my dream fell away. Um, because I didn't believe I, I was smarter to go to school. I didn't believe I was, did have the money to, to get into school. And, um, that dream was crashed. I thought that was going to be my ticket, that big dream of going to a path that I loved. Um, and it created a dark side in my life. I went to drugs. What, uh, kind, what kind of drugs? Uh, you name it. Nothing, not, not heroin or anything like that, but, you know, cocaine and marijuana. And it's not important, you know, it, but it, it. But what happened was that because I was broken. My spirit was broken and, but I had, I had a friend come to me. This is back in 81, 82. So I'm dating myself. And he says, Tom, I, I, I got a solution for you about money. And he said, I can sh share with you. And I was all in about, Hey, share with me, teach me about money. I didn't want to live the life. My parents knew that. So, um, I trusted him. And through that process, I came to find out that I was taken advantage of and that the products and services. So I became very angry. And so I made a career shift and I decided to go into the financial services industry. And I did that for 20 years to teach and train and help other people better understand the principles of winning with money. And that was my path. And that I had great success. But in that process, I was self-sabotaging. We all have a limiting belief. I didn't, I, in my career, I became a vice president of a financial services company through hard work and dedication. And I would, in the next promotion, senior vice president, national director of sales, people say, you're just this far away. Tom, why do you keep crashing? I had no answer. I wasn't aware of what I know now, but I had a limiting belief that I didn't think I was capable, smart enough, worthy enough, and those big numbers that came with numbers that my chatter of what hearing my parents say, those are the, that's a, those are special people. I didn't believe I was special. Right. So I had that ceiling and I would hit it. If I crashed, I knew how to get back to that ceiling. And that went on for years. I left the financial service industry. That pattern stayed, stayed the same. That limiting belief, those things were in the background. It wasn't until seven or eight years ago. Um, I, I was in that stage. I, I've been an entrepreneur, been in business for myself uh, since 83, probably 90, 95% of that time. 
And um, my wife says, you know, you're getting to that age. We, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have a mentality of retiring. But what are you going to do now? I went to work in the corporate world to do some sales training and develop a sales team for some companies. And I says, yeah, I want to get into coaching, financial coaching. I knew number. I knew the principles of winning with money and uh, those processes. I, I want to be a coach. People are struggling out. It's a sad situation today out there. We live in a culture of illusions. Monetary. When, when are we going to get to the part about overcoming this, the, the limiting beliefs part? We're getting there? I'm going to get there. Okay. Because that's what so, I'm trying to keep that in my mind because I know that's important for the listeners to grab onto. Yeah, but the part of the story is, is, is that it wasn't until I started coaching people, I started seeing the, my behaviors in them. Oh, I got you. Because my coach was telling me that success in anything in life, my financial coach, is only 20% knowledge, 80% behavior in anything we do. It's behavior, belief systems. And I start seeing this before I start seeing myself in these things for the first time. And that's what moved me into becoming a personal development coach and studying what's going on at the subconscious level. How did those beliefs get formed? How do you change that paradigms or programming? And I, you know, you know, I'm a certified coach with the Dave Ramsey and I'm a John Maxwell coach. But I really studied, uh, became totally intrigued with Bob Proctor, understanding that we're operating at the subconscious level. And, and that's broke. I'm doing things I thought I would never be able to do, a podcast or a live stream, the camera. This camera was the blackboard when I started doing it. That same child, it was absolutely the most terrifying thing that I could do. But through personal development, understanding those belief systems that formed that fear changed everything. Today, I'm doing more things than ever before. I've always had success, but I, would, I didn't live to my fullest potential, the limiting beliefs. How was it formed? So that's my mission, whether it be in the financial arena or whether it be a person just wants to have a better, you know, create better relationships or better salespeople, whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference what you're doing. The subconscious is controlling the outcomes. And if you're not aware of that, you stay stuck. You stay in that cycle. So uh, that is sort of my story. And, and it was 30 some years I was doing that same thing. And then, boom, I was exposed to what was really got through my clients. I said, I got to find out what's really going on. And that's 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 my journey today. And uh, that's how I broke the cycle. I still struggle. We all we still struggle with those. Let me lay some days there on my shoulder, chattering real big. Big. Some days that camera comes back. I'm back to blackboard, Mrs. Woods again. You know. So, but you know, I've learned. How you do now. What's that? Let's see how you do now. You're full screen. <laughs> Look at you. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen, the unfiltered experience. He formerly did not like the camera, and now he is a fan of the camera. Look at this. So anyway, that's where led me. Yeah. So that's you know that's my story. That was how Tom Ginn was operating, and I see those same. The books are the same. The chapters are just have different titles. We all have limiting beliefs. Even the most successful people I've coached, I've coached professional athletes. I've coached Hollywood actors and singers. Well, pause that for and pause that. For pause that for bring bring Marlene's question back up. I'd yeah. like to bring something to Tom via that. Yeah, let's sure. let's pause so, that. Let's pause that part of the story. So Marlene was asking, how does gratitude tap into breaking the cycle? 
And so I'd like to add something and hand this off to Tom real quick. So we had 2020 and 2020 had two opportunities within it. One thing we could do is we could say this is horrible and this is the worst thing ever. And the second is to really embrace gratitude. And I know that I thought I was a super grateful person and I was. But to your point, was I 50 years deep of gratitude of a different point of gratitude every day? Or was I somebody who was remotely grateful? And 2020 added a different day of a different piece of gratitude every day for me to show me that I can really amplify that. So I was listening to everything you're saying that gratitude is the baseline to get that foundation. And so in that foundation, now I have the opportunity to look inward, correct? And in looking inward, and also obviously you were doing it mirroring through your clients, you can look at other people. Everybody here listening or who will listen to this in the future is understanding your struggle. You know, you've got your limitations. Some are physically created, some are illusions. And whether there's something that you really are facing or something you can move past, in human form, there's a lot of things we have to go through that are gonna make us struggle. Yet, there are so many amazing things that are perfect as is. When we hold on to those things and use those as our foundation, amazing things happen. So. Let's talk about that too, Marlene's question, because it's a perfect question. What do we need to do collectively or the people listening to really take gratitude and use that as a tool in building that perfect foundation so that we can be super successful and really enjoy life because we deserve it. Having the story start today because yesterday doesn't matter. We're starting our story today. Talk about building that story. I, I will. I'll, I'll do it this way. It's starting that story first thing tomorrow morning. Okay. First thought. Contemplate where you are right now. Start to practice. This is something I've learned. Is it's what you do in the first minute of the day. The first thought is yeah. going to dictate the rest of the day, the next moment. And if you can create that discipline, the first thing in the morning, what am I grateful for today? When I wake up, my first thing is I'm so grateful that my creator has provided me another day to be my magnificent self. I tell myself I'm magnificent. Magnanimity, I can't, it's a hard word for me to say. The magnificence, the greatness that God has instilled upon us. And if you believe that, that starts shifting that gratitude and it starts, and I encourage anybody contemplate it today start thinking about what what's great and when you wake up what's your first thought what is your first thought and train your brain train yourself to be grateful for that very moment that you woke up and you have the gift of life and what from your error sorry and you can apply it in anything that's that's what really got me my discipline is that that first minute of the day and the days I didn't do it or my first thought wasn't in a, in a space of gratitude. Uh, guess what? Old behaviors kicked in, old belief systems kicked in, old habits kicked in. They're on a, They're there. So it, it's, it's just learning to use that gratitude as, as I call a firewall. It gives you a place to, to get a different perspective. So, I don't know if that really addressed you, but that's that's what I, anybody's out there. Contemplate gratitude. And can then we, first thing in the morning. Can we attach some science to that, too, and add one thing to it? Because sure. 
one of the reasons that that's so effective first thing in the morning is your brain is still in theta until you start into the day. So there's different waves. And just for everybody listening, there's different waves that your brain is going to be, um, you know, echoing to the, to the world. And so what's happening first thing in the morning and right before you go to sleep, you're in theta. So I would actually add, make sure you're bringing that gratitude to the table and thinking of all the things you're grateful to, because that's where the programming is occurring in your subconscious, unconscious mind. So you nailed it early on and you said you didn't realize that your unconscious mind was really driving you. So when you're saying I lack or I'm not enough or your teacher saying you're stupid, that's literally ingrained in your unconscious mind, turning into Tom's words, coming into your inner critic saying you're not enough. So if you go to sleep and you say, I am eternally grateful for everything, you're literally reprogramming your brain in that moment. And if you wake up with those same thoughts, then when you're in beta, which is in the stress part of your existence, you're going to be able to react without the same level of stress. There's little low level stress, mid level stress, high level stress. When you get to that high level stress and we see ourselves get older, we get obese because of cortisol, we get heart disease and all these things. That's a direct reaction to our beta not being in alignment with our theta. We fix that programming in theta with just what you're saying. I mean, what Tom is saying is so insanely powerful. If you just say, I'm super grateful for everything and identify those things that you're grateful for before bed and in the morning, see what happens. Yeah. Like go do that for 90 days, do a full lifestyle change and see where you are. You will have a massive shift, I promise. I mean, do you agree with that, Tom? Or you have any thoughts on that, Chris? Oh. I do that. No, that's how I, that's how I start my day. Literally, you know, Scott, I've talked about this first thing before I wake up, before I open my eyes, I say what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my son. I'm grateful. And I always find new things to say what I'm grateful for. And then right after that, Tom, to your point is I say what my intentions are for the day. So I say my intentions today are to be present and playful with my son. My intention today is to put out great content in the world that inspires somebody else. My intention today is to be a great friend, a great husband, a great mentor. So I put that out like literally before my eyes even open. Like I just wake up and I'm like, all right, we got another day. I'm grateful for the person who made this bed. I'm grateful for our, the fact I slept last night and didn't have night sweats. I'm grateful for that. I still have water left because I'm thirsty. You know, it's just like whatever it is, but you're right. And for me, that the next jumping off point is music. As soon I just, I, I grab my earbuds and I have a morning playlist. A way, it's called a wake up playlist. It's got crazy shit in there, like a, like a ABBA. It's got the Mbop song. It's got some rock in there. It's got songs that get me going. And I just start going. It's just like, boom, it. get the energy going, get the flow going. And when I do that, by eight or nine o'clock, I'm already feeling like, damn, I'm already on fire today. When I don't do that, that's when I'm like, Rrr. it's amazing. There's so much truth to that. What do you think about it, Tom? I like the music part. You know, I love music, but I don't use it in, in, in the thing that, that stimulates me in. Um, I'm a real visual person. I'm, I, you know, I'm a photographer. You may see some of my work back here. Uh, that's one of my creative passions I have. So I'm a visual. I, 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 I go to places of, that trigger my creativity. Uh, so, you know, I keep that that around me. And it's like my like your music. You know, music is a wonderful therapeutic it's a universal language type thing but mine is visual that triggers that triggers my creativity that triggers my gratitude if you ever looked at my macro photography i it, you know, my business at, at one time was called beyond the mind's eye and that's a spiritual principle that's not just 
so when I that's how I create my product. Beyond the mind's eye, what do you see beyond the physical world? And um, that's what helps me. That's my music, the visual. I think that's great too because it shows right there that we all don't even process the same way. We've got visual, you know, auditory, kinesthetic learners. And for me, I'm a super visual person too. But like Chris, the what happens is the music guides me to a place where I can see what I'm going to create. So it's almost a hybrid of what you guys are both saying. So whatever somebody's feeling here right now, it doesn't need to be what Tom feels, what Chris feels, what I feel. Um, just own it. But the big piece that we need to think about right here is the shift and making sure you're super grateful because that that is literally the the cement, the foundation for the home. If that's crooked and that's breaking, you're going to have problems in all the home indefinitely. But if you set that gratitude up with great success early on or now, when I say early on, early on means now because we're writing the story starting to tomorrow. I heard you tomorrow morning. <laughs> we're starting the story or we can do it tonight before bed, do some pre-programming. So exactly, you know, but you know, it's a process. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I have I encourage people to reflect where they're at, where they want to go. S start opening up the, the avenues of through awareness. Stop. Be still and know. Be silent. You know, you talk about music visuals for me also. And I'll just share with you, I have no sound in my house all day. I don't have a TV hook. I don't have a TV hooked up. I haven't had it for five years. I don't play music during the day. Silence is where I get. Yeah, you, I'm blowing your mind. Oh, my God. I go crazy. If I... <laughs> Seriously. That's just that's just the point. That's the point. There's negative chatter in my life. Oh, it keeps me from going crazy. It literally does. And, and and speaking of gratitude, just before any of us talk anymore, I apologize. I apologize. I've not recognized the people in, in the in the in the unfiltered crew, the unfiltered family. Uh, so we got Glenda in the house. What's up, Glenda? Thank you for being here. Marlene, thank you for being here. Jose Marrera, my brother from another mother from Puerto Rico. I had a great conversation with him today. Uh, we got JR in the house. He's like saying three amazing guys. Hey, hey JR. We got Chad Pape. Chad Pape goes, hey, all. And then later on, because I didn't acknowledge it, he goes, uh hey Al, didn't he come back? Did he come he back? I, I know you get you get you got teased twice about ABBA. That came fast. Oh, I saw oh, I, hey, yeah. yo, Chris, ABBA? Listen, oh, dude, Dancing, Dancing Queen. Queen. Dancing Queen. Oh yeah. I can tell you a story about that song. All right. Well, I can, actually, actually I could do it on this show too. ABBA Christopher. Yeah, actually, yeah, ABBA and Mbop, uh, the cover girls. I have all sorts of crazy music on that it stimulates me because I think for me, and 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 tell me about this because JR originally you said ADD. Um, I've been diagnosed with ADHD like so many times, like you're off the chart. For me, I find that the music helps because I don't take medication. I take medication every once in a while. I, I dabble in it and I'm like, ah, eh, it doesn't really do anything. Gets a lot, get a lot of stuff done. But the music for me, for some reason, depending on what I put on, now sometimes I'll put on just concentration music or I'll put on binaural beats or I'll put on classical music or I'll put on new age music. Or sometimes I, I just put on like flat out heavy metal. And for, for whatever what I'm doing, like if I'm writing, it's crazy. The juxtaposition of playing heavy metal and being able to write fluidly is, is cool. And there's, there's actually a lot of sound studies on there that because that, uh, I studied it way back when I was in school, like what, mus what music to listen to best when you're doing your homework, because I would always have a problem reading and comprehending. So I learned all about these different binaural beats and all this different stuff. So, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. But um, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, really thinking about mindset and everything and think about everything that we've been through to Scott's point for the last year and a half or the last year. 
people are struggling. We're talking about a lot of high level stuff. You know, we're talking about waves, brain waves, and stuff like that. But at a grassroots level, uh, Tom, what can we what can we give to people right now who 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 are stuck in their limiting beliefs? And it, you know, obviously the language they use is a lot to do with it. From but from sure. your perspective and everything you've coached and everything you've seen, what can we give tangibly to these people to say, okay, listen, here's step one of being able to, to turn that limiting belief around. Here's step two, and kind of guide them through that just that reversal process, and maybe give them some sort of exercise they can do. Um, and leave them with so we can actually get them on their way. Because that's really the purpose of this show is getting people to really strategize on what they can take from this this conversation and be able to implement in their life consecutively week after week so they can build their lives up. So the mic is yours, brother. Yeah, one technique I think that, that people aren't really aware of. You can take any subject. I could talk about money. I could talk about anything. Um, if I mentioned a million dollars to you, you have the ability to make a million dollars or have a million dollars or you're worth a million dollars. Anything that you to, to put a question in front of that, that subject in front of them, what is your first thought? What is your first thought? That's in anything that you put in front of yourself. What's your first thought that tells you your belief system. So I encourage anybody. One thing is be conscious. What's ever in front of you at that time, you know, in your job, your relationship, whatever's it, in that situation, what is the very first thought that comes to you? That's your belief system. That's your paradigm. It shows up. Boom. When you can recognize that first thought, then you can then say, how do I re, how do I reframe my thinking? But you've got to do it through awareness. So I think if we want to make shift and changes, be aware of your first thought in anything that's in front of you. Okay, real quick. So, so tell me what what my third first thought means. Because when you just said that million dollars, I literally just saw a happy client, like instantly just just saying thank you. So what does that mean? What's my belief system? Say that again. When you said a million dollars, I start. I actually have a new client I started with today, and the second you said that, I visualized her very satisfied with the coaching that I was offering her. And her saying thank you that's my instant thought so what does that have to do with my, like i'm i'm trying to interpret that because you said what's your first your, thought? Fir your first that's thought when you said a million dollars you, you you went to a place somebody you're working with of your confidence and belief system that's your for your confidence was there your belief okay. system that she could win that's the first thought and and you but you related it to somebody else but that's the first thought but you go it's the first I, i'll share with you with a client i worked with last night they have a big, a lot of debt, you know, and uh, they're struggling they're under stress. And, you know, money is one of the greatest stressors. We have chronic illness and all that. And I asked the, the client, I says, is the amount of debt you have, is that big or small? First word, first thought, big. And I says, you have just recognize your first thought that's your obstacle it's neither big nor small it's just a number and for the first time she she could i could see that because our first thought trigger the emotion trigger the fear trigger whatever's going on i can't or whatever it is so when we come aware and start understanding that our thoughts the words we say are in reality of our subconscious, they're dictating the action and the things that we're gonna do. So first thought, becoming aware of your first thought, oh, 
That's a negative thought. <laughs> Why do I think? That? Then that's a process. Sometimes you can figure it out yourself. Sometimes you need a mentor and a coach. Somebody can help you identify how do you reframe that. That's what you know we do as mentors and coaches and facilitators in these things is is help them recognize it's only through their own awareness do they change and we we're their sherpas and we 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 help them move through that that terrain whatever it is i hope that addressed what you're saying it's it totally does i'd love to take that in a direction because i'm looking at a lot of people right now um that very well might be listening to the show or watch this later or friends of mine in social media right now because of the way austin is exploding we got san fran la other big cities like that to have a decent house, people are paying $800,000. That's a really crazy amount of money. So I'm about to buy my first home and my family's collectively making 100,000. I'm just making this up. And that's not that bad. That could be two people out of school or whatever. How do I dress that 800,000 for my life? Because I'm looking at, do I want to create a mortgage for $800,000 if I'm going to live in this city? Like, so is that a big number? Is it just a number? And and I have my answer to this too. I want to hear what you have to say because I, I'm coming out. I've never been trained in this stuff. All I've been trained to do is be an engineer, be a nurse, be this, be this. And suddenly I'm going, holy crap, I just did this math and this isn't feeling good. Those are real things that people are facing. What do I do at this moment to overcome that or figure this world out so that I can share my brilliance without that holding me back? Great question. Absolutely. And we're, we're encountered with those. Where did those wants come from? I would go to this. What's your vision? What is the, how does that house fit in your vision? If it fits in the vision, it's not an obstacle. The, the because you'll start doing the things to be able to afford it what are your values why do you want that big house whatever it is the why so that will putting things in a uh, a priority of value many times people making that because that's a that cultural that's what we've been told to do get married get the picket fence house right mm -hmm. It may cause you to say, you know, I want that house. Maybe I have to make a reassessment of where I live. So vision really, I think that's a good place to start and how to deal with it. Because it, when you get clear in your vision, you're, you'll know how to navigate to, to fill that vision. And it may be totally contrary to what, you know, I, you know, the hypothetical, you live in an area, homes are 800,000. Uh, can I do that someplace else? <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm talented. I can take my, my, my engineering degree and come to Wisconsin and live in a house that's one third the cost and still have that, that outcome you see. So with visions, I think, go ahead. No, I just said, but it's Wisconsin. <laughs> that's they have the best cheese. I'm a cheese guy. I know that. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But I was just in the back of my mind. I'm from like, California originally. So I, you know, I'm born and raised in California. We talked, we always talked about that on your show. Yeah. I'm a Southern California yeah. boy. I'm, yeah. You said Wisconsin. I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, Scott, to address what you do, the process of evaluating who we are, our vision, it's a process. It's not just, a, oh, I got it and I just go do that. 
No, what is, what is it in the, the, the overall? How do you mold this? It's a journey. Sometimes it can happen instantaneously. Sometimes it's going to take a process, depending. It took me 30 years to figure out why I was self-sabotaging until I got a mentor. Somebody helped me organize my thinking and how, why I was believing and how do you break that thought process? How do you reframe frame that through repetition and affirmations and uh, believing in yourself? You know, so I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but it, it, there's, this is, there's a lot of moving parts there are to the dynamics of growth. I want to I want to bring this back to your own baseline because I, I want people my my trust is that you already have said the answer to this question before we even started in GeForce. So back to the beginning, having a baseline of gratitude, having a reformulation or reprogramming of your unconscious mind by removing the old pieces of your identity. The teacher who said you're not enough, the parent who said you'll never be your brother, yourself saying, I don't know if I can do this. All those I don't knows and those limiting beliefs that you trust is who Tom Ginn is or who Scott Goyad is or who Christopher Rush is. Those things can be yanked in a hurry. And then your spirit is all that remains. And so to the point when I was asking that question, I think you've already answered it is, you know, we, we're somebody who's super grateful and we're speaking this in the morning and we're speaking this in the evening and our reprogramming, you know, in those state of moments is taking place. I think what happens is you create so much value that something like money that's, you know, it's not an illusion in this world, but it's kind of an illusion. You literally can create that by creating value that will show up when the value is created. And that's created by finding your brilliance and you cannot create your brilliance with eliminating beliefs. So, so I, I would create an equation together with the three of us right now saying the baseline of gratitude plus the willingness to remove components of our identity allows us to find our brilliance. And then that is just the number because once we're in that space, there's no way that we can fail. Once you found your brilliance, the universe goes ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. And that house is just a house. That ability to travel is just an ability to travel because the world wants to receive your brilliance. So I would go to everything you started with is exactly the reality. Yeah, great point. Thanks for you know, I love people that can take take and bring. I'm all I'm all concept and all vision, and you took it took those pieces and put them in some sort of order. So I, that's because Scott is great at that. That's because a really nice human being recognizes my brilliance and gave me a beautiful coffee mug. Check this out. This is what Tom my, sent my coffee me. mugs out. My coffee mugs right outside my door. Look what he's written in this. Look at all these words. Soulful heart, wisdom, believe, grow, love. I mean, all the stuff we talk about. And he made sure that my name was on here, too. So when I'm drinking my coffee, I'm being filled with wisdom, heart, gratitude. This is I'm going to start putting this next to my bed. I'm going to be reprogramming my brain just by staring at that. And it sits right here, by the way. It's actually right behind me <laughs> as I uh -oh. knock my, uh -oh. my book over. Mousetrap. Mousetrap. So we've been going for 51 minutes, guys. So in respect of everybody getting started on their weekends here, it's Friday night. Uh, final thoughts from you, Mr. Tom, on this entire conversation. And where can people get a hold of you, please? They can get a hold of me. I don't know if you've got a banner up or anything. Get, you yeah. They can just contact Tom at 180degreefinancialcoaching.com. 
180degreefinancialcoaching.com. I'll go back and put the link in there. Normally I have the links done, but I just realized I'm like, oh, where can I get a hold of you? Yeah. And I'd love just to have dialogue. You know, I just, what I do is just really help people, you know, let them know that whatever's in their obstacles are in front of them. They're not as big as you think they are. We automatically make that, that obstacle, that challenge, we make it Mount Everest. You know, that's part of how our brains work and, and we move to those, those places of, uh, so, and just, just like I asked the guy, is that big or small? And the moment I said, it's just a number that changed and shifted. I, I saw her emotional stress level drop. It is just a number. And I told her all the answers are already around you. You're going to become aware of how to make that number a different number, whether whether it's making money or eliminating debt. It's the same process. It's just how you how you frame it. So um, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it's all about it's all about your belief systems, how it was formed. There's some everybody has tremendous genius that's already in them right now. And it's been in many cases squashed either culturally, environmentally. Mine was squashed through you know, my story. How did I, you know, I was able to work through that just because I didn't want to struggle uh, any worse than I was. But I, I had already set, set up my, my, that pattern. Today, I don't have that pattern. But it couldn't come back. <laughs> I can recognize my first thought. The moment I, I recognize first thought all the time, and boom, I know. And I got my affirmations. I know what to do to shift that thinking instantaneously. Amazing, uh, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Tom. Mr. Tom Ginn. My Thank pleasure. You for being here on the Unfiltered yeah. Experience. Connect with Tom at Tom 1-800-degree-180-degree-financialcoaching.com. We'll make sure that's in the show notes and everything else. Tom, we're going to place you backstage for just a second. We're going to wrap God up. bless you guys. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here. Don't, don't go anywhere, but uh, we'll be right with you. So anyways. There we have it, Scott. 54 minutes. We've been keeping them under an hour, buddy. We've been keeping them under an hour, and we had a lot of stuff to talk about in this particular episode. What did you like most about what Tom was able to bring to the conversation? Yeah, you can never get bored of the word gratitude. Um, I love the fact that that's the baseline of everything. I love the fact that you know him sharing his struggles. I think we all go through it. We're the same, but a different story. Uh, we go through a pattern of not thinking we're enough, and then we wake up to the reality that underneath it all, we're more than enough. And as a matter of fact, as he was speaking, I was thinking of a perfect analogy to visualize Pompeii, the city, you know, the whole city is still there, but there's layers of identity of you're not enough, ash coming down, you're not smart, ash coming down, it's all under there. So literally all we're doing is we're shoveling off all of that stuff, all that ash, and everything is there. The solution to that bill is there. The solution to everything that we've ever wanted to achieve is there. The whole city's built. It's literally built. So it's unlearning, it's removal of those things, you know, the same stuff we talk about in our coaching. And so that baseline of gratitude is literally the shovel. I'm going to take that shovel and I'm going to start removing all that in this beautiful city of everything that I've ever dreamed about has just been waiting for me. And it's up to me. I can pretend that I just live in this horrible place filled with ash or I could remove the ash. It's not it's it's nothing more than putting the effort in and realizing 
deep down inside, I'm perfect as is, and I'm just working through this human experience. So that's that's what I took away from what Tom was sharing. Amen, amen, brother. You know, I mean, gratitude is such a massive part of our life. You know, when I think about um, someone we know who just recently passed away, um, thinking about you know not who you're thinking about. Some well, you know, uh, well, you know, Weldon, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so just, he passed yeah. away. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you didn't know. Yeah. Was this this past week or? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I was I was thinking about I was thinking about you know different people in different situations overall, different people in different situations, and and thinking about my own issues, my issues with pain right now, and a couple other things that are going on. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm like, would so and so want this problem right now? Yeah. Okay. It's not a big deal. You know, and going back to being grateful for having that problem. That first, you know, we joke around about the real world problems. Like you got leaky. Okay, I got I got this and I got this. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm thankful for those opportunities because I'm grateful because out of this lesson, I'm going to learn and grow. And I think that's, you know, my final thought and thinking about this whole conversation is to be grateful for the position that you're in, that we are all in because we have been climbing the proverbial mountain, if you will, trying to reach our heights and trying to reach our goals and trying to reach our legacies and our dreams. And like we said before, this, the limiting beliefs are the things that, that we actually sit there and we, we, we go, Oh, I'm just going to let go for a little bit. And I'm cause I, cause I'm afraid of success. And we didn't even talk about the fear of success, which yeah. I know a lot of people. Um, but he, he said, Tom said that indirectly. He, when he was talking about that fear of lack, he was describing that. So yeah, the fear of success is, he said it when he was talking about, I'm at that point and I couldn't go to the next level because the fear of success is yeah. one and the same with the fear of lack. So he nailed that. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And I just, I think it, I think it's important for everybody who's watching this and listening to this is really just take, take, take stock of the language that you're using with yourself. If you catch yourself saying, I can't, or I won't check yourself as saying, what is, what is that really about? Cause if you say something like, I won't do that, you're saying, are you saying I can't do that? You're saying I won't do that because if you have the, the psychology in your mind that you're not going to, you're not going to be stopped by anything, then you are going to achieve what it is that you're going after. And you're going to conquer those limiting beliefs. So when you have those moments where you're just like, Oh, that's going to be too hard for me. Ask yourself, what's making it hard? What is hard? That's one thing I've been doing with so many people lately, Scott, is just like, they'll define something. I'm like, wait a minute, let's pick that apart for a second. You said that's hard. What is hard? Define hard for me because you're telling yourself something's hard. And normally when we think something's hard, we think it's insurmountable. It's like, what is hard to you? What's your perspective on hard? You start drilling down into the language that we use and you start calling people on their shit and saying, why did you just use that word? What's that? We don't choose our words very carefully, yet words carry a lot of impactful meaning. I catch myself doing it sometimes. I'm like, if I heard somebody else say what I just said, I would correct them on that. So now I've been correcting myself on that and not just being lazy. It's like, okay, Chris, I know what to say, but I'm just going to be lazy and say, no, you have to correct yourself and say, no, this is what I deserve. This is what I demand. This is what I expect out of my future and out of my opportunities. And you guys can decide in any particular moment, I am done doing what I've been doing because I will continue to get what I've got. So those are my final thoughts, Scott. It's been an amazing show. And speaking of our group coaching program, um ladies and gentlemen we are uh starting june 21st uh our 12-week group coaching program and raise your vibration and maximize your potential uh so we encourage you guys to go to either one of our websites either christopherrausch.com or scottgoyette.com you can sign up there uh pricing is all available we're only accepting a few key individuals in this program who are ready to commit, who really want to take the next 12 weeks of their life and empty the baggage of the shit that's been holding them back and being able to see things from a different perspective, a perspective of opportunity, a perspective of abundance, a perspective of confidence. Scott, what else did I miss? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly this simple. The people who get into this group and commit to it, come out and say, why did I not do this sooner? A thousand percent. There's no one who has not committed this group and left and said, I wish I didn't do this. Every single person does. 
And so it's this simple. I no longer will chase people to, to get in the group. Like we were trying, we're like, oh, this would be so good for this person. And we did that. And they just kind of like dangle. Mm -hmm. It's always funny because everyone shows up, people that we didn't even know, they just go, I'm ready. And that person always succeeds. So it's very simple. Chris and I are going to be mirrors to you. We're going to let you look more deeply at yourself than you most likely ever have. You're going to get to a space where you look at the five regrets of the dying and there's people who sit on their deathbed and say, I wish I lived more for myself and I was able to share my brilliance with the world. We're going to make certain that happens. So you have a choice. You can say maybe later. You can say it's not for me. We totally get it. Everybody is where they are in their journey. If you're in your journey and you feel called to take the next step, we'll support you in that. And I don't like to say guarantee, but we've got some pretty good numbers so far that everybody who ends up doing it because they commit. It's not us. It's us providing a good product and a good process. It's you coming with commitment and making it happen. You will read that book, Five Regrets of the Dying, and say, it's not me. It's not me because you live life to the fullest. So that's what I got. I love each and every one of you. If you're going to join us on uh, June 21st, which is the summer solstice, think of that. It's even a transition. It's from a, a place that, you know, we're in a uh, winter into spring into this beautiful summer. Um, it's the right time. Jump into it if you're ready. Love you all. And that is a great segue to end this beautiful show. Um, thank you guys, each and one, every one of you watching live, watching on the replay. We love each and every one of you. Glenda, Marlene, uh, Robert in the house, Larry Schneider, uh, uh, Robert, Jacqueline in the house, Teresa Silcox. I think I missed this one. I don't know. Well, Teresa's in the house. Yeah, Good evening, uh, Teresa. Uh, we love all you guys. You guys are our unfiltered Absolutely. crew. And uh, we look forward to seeing you each and every Friday night here at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we just hope that you go enjoy your moments and go be grateful for everything that you guys got. We'll see you next time on the Unfiltered Experience. Hello. Bye.